you for joining me for another Sunday Afternoons with Reverend Lucretia. I'm so glad you're here. And so the name of today's talk is Find the Courage to Change Your Words Daily. And the song is Words by Hawk Nelson. If you would like to listen to the song before you hear the talk, just go ahead and click. The link will be down below in the description. So we're going to be talking a lot about making a commitment to change the words that you say to yourself until you can change your patterns. We'll talk about the power of words that we tell ourselves. There will be lots of scriptural references today. We're going to be talking about the fact that God put an immense amount of power in the words that he gave to us. In fact, his Bible is called the Word of God. We're going to be talking about you can change how your day goes by talking back to those negative voices within your head. The courage part is about making a commitment to change. It takes a daily commitment and it takes work, but it gives you the ability to completely reverse the patterns that you've had that have been so negative. So we're going to be talking about taking back your life, talking back to the uncomfortable voices in your head and how we need to change and how it will become normal after a while, but in the beginning it's going to be uncomfortable. We know that it takes a village to raise a child and it also takes a village to change patterns that we've had over the course of a lifetime. So we will be talking about the fact that it is really, really good thing to reach out and ask for help when you're trying to change your behavior. We're going to have a story, an incredible hero story about how two sentences completely changed a person's life. Um, and we're going to be thinking about the work of Joyce Meyer, Dr. John Maxwell, Florence Scovel Shin, and Jentison Franklin. So before we go any further, let's just go ahead and read the lyrics to the song. So again, it's called Words, and it's by Hawk Nelson. And it says, They've made me feel like a prisoner. They've made me feel set free. They've made me feel like a criminal. They've made me feel like a king. They've lifted my heart to places I'd never been, and they've dragged me down back to where I began. Words can build you up. Words can break you down. Start a fire in your heart or put it out. Let my words be life. Let my words be truth. I don't want to say a word unless it points back to you. You can heal the heartache, speak over the fear. God, your voice is the only thing we need to hear. Let the words I say be the sound of your grace. I don't want to say a word unless it points the world back to you. I just thought that was such an incredibly wonderful song. So we'll be talking about that a lot. We're going to start off with our hero story. The woman's name is Kristen Rivas, and she had a talk called Life-Changing Power of Words. So she says that once you have an idea and it's taken over your brain, it's almost impossible to eradicate it. She is a hypnotist who uses words as suggestions to help your mind adopt an idea or belief. What you picture or imagine can transform your life. So she turned into a college dropout and attempted suicide and became an invalid, all of because of some words she heard. She was an 18-year-old. She was in college. She was a freshman and she came home for a holiday. She was asleep and her dad woke her up in the middle of the night and said her sister, who was 15 months older than her, had been in a car accident. There was a drunken driver and the words he used were Bethany didn't make it. What had happened was not okay. She said, I could never be with it okay, therefore I could never be okay. 
So she went on with her life. She did some mourning and grieving, but she tried to hold it together. A few years later, she was a young newlywed, and everything started to go blurry one afternoon. There was a ringing in her ears. Her tongue became swollen and numb. She passed out, and they took her to the ER, and the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her. This started happening repeatedly. She had more mental fogs. She had slurred speech. She was fainting daily. She had vertigo, panic attacks, and involuntary movements. She had loss of muscle tone, tingling numbness, and falling down into a heap on the floor. She went back to college. She was trying to keep it together, but she was having these attacks on a regular basis. And so at this point she was married and her husband said, all right, let's try to deal with it. They went out and bought a seizure helmet so that when she fell down, she wouldn't hurt her head and a four pronged cane. And she was ready to go back to classes. But then he pinned an envelope to her shirt that had the instructions on what to do if she had a seizure, because obviously she couldn't talk. And when she went to the ER, and she said that was it for her. She realized she just couldn't continue on in school anymore. The symptoms became worse. She started having violent seizures that were resistant to medication. She couldn't be around fluorescent lighting. She couldn't move backwards, walk backwards or move backwards in any way. She had loss of control of her body, her life, a sense of freedom. The attacks were now happening nine times a day. She ended up in a wheelchair. She couldn't do any reading or studying. The stores she couldn't go into because of the fluorescent lights. Uh, there was no driving or riding in a car for her. So she ended up at the Mayo in Jacksonville, Florida. And they did tons and tons of tests and they couldn't come up with any answers. She at this point needed constant care and they weren't able to pay their bills. So they moved in with her husband's family. Her spirit fades, her symptoms escalated. She was finally after months and months diagnosed with PTSD, major depressive and conversion disorder, traumatic grief. She was given an intense amount of drugs. She was on intensive psychiatric care. She went to six different psychiatrists. She was given a 20% chance of ever being able to recover. She said there was one last chance that they gave her that they thought might help, and it was a hypnotherapy by Dr. John Connolly, who had rapid resolution therapy and advanced clinical hypnosis. She said, I had one session, which was a little bit over two hours with this white-haired wizard. And he said, Kristen, there isn't anything wrong with you. The brain is very complex. It is prone to occasional errors and the beliefs don't work for us, but we can reprogram the brain. Your mind is confusing the data that we call memory with reality. So an event is not like the record of events, just much like the DVD is not like the actual actors portraying the filming. She said, every time you've been thinking about what happened to your sister, your body has been getting stress signals. He said, I bet you felt a sense of loss at your sister's death. Let's find a way to try on a new thought. He said, who you are cannot be defined by your body. Our bodies, our beliefs, our relationships to others all change. It doesn't make sense to define ourselves by our past. You know what it feels like to be yourself. You feel like yourself when. Ask yourself what activities you do that make you feel like who you are and hold on to that feeling. That resonates with who we are. We are all made of energy, which can neither be created nor destroyed. 
Our five senses fool us all the time. We have to take things on faith. He says it's very much like a little child who says, where is the sun on a rainy day? And the parents explain to them the sun is always still there. Sometimes we just have to believe things even though we can't see them. He said, Kristen, the accident, her pain, it doesn't exist. And here's the life-changing sentence. Bethany is okay. You're okay. And it's okay to be okay. She said, I'm overwhelmed. I feel the aha occurring for the part of me that's been having nightmares, reliving my sister's death night after night, trying to prevent it from ever happening. The past that always asks myself every single time that I think about it, where is she? It all seemed to melt away. I opened my eyes and I felt lighter. I notice immediately that I can see and I can think more clearly. Somehow I know I'm okay. I go out into the waiting room and I lock eyes with my dad, who starts crying. Somehow he knows I'm okay too. I run around Dr. Connolly's office backwards. Remember, that was the thing she wasn't able to do before because that caused her seizures. She said there were no more seizures, never, ever again. She said, I went on to train with Dr. Connolly and other world-renowned hypnotists. I moved across the country and I started my own practice. I've been able to help hundreds of men and women and children have better health and well-being. Hypnosis is not the answer for everyone or for everything, and not everyone is going to get the results that I got. I was lucky that I found such an incredibly highly skilled professional. I was also a highly responsive subject. In 2003, there was a randomized trial in Netherlands that found that properly conducted hypnotherapy for patients with conversion disorder results in maintained improvement over significant periods of time. It works in addition to other therapies. She says, we know negative experiences can leave traumatic effects, but what about the words? What about the words that change everything? The words from family, from friends, from scripture that hit us just right. When the light bulb clicks on and everything just comes into place, the ideas are born and the lessons are learned. All of this processing power we need to explore. We need more research to understand the instant radical, life-changing transformation to happen simply through the power of ideas being presented to our minds through the use of words. So I just thought that was an incredibly dynamic, unbelievably powerful story about someone who changed. After all of the doctors, what changed her were the words that the hypnotist used. So we're going to be talking a lot about scripture today. We're going to be talking a lot about the metaphysical interpretation. Um, I studied the work of Joyce Meyer, Dr. John Maxwell, and Jettison Franklin. And so I was reminded of Isaiah 57, 19. I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near. So create means to form, fashion, and mold. It means to activate God's miracle power through your words. God is saying, I have linked my creative, miraculous power inseparably to the words that you speak into your life. I create whatever you keep speaking. And again, this reminds us of everything that we've learned from Abraham Hicks about when you put it out into the universe, you speak it out into the universe, that becomes true. So fruit is the utterance that you speak. Man has the power to speak. It is the only living 
creature out there that can actually talk. Romans 3.4 says, As it is written that you may be justified in your words and may overcome what you are judged. You are now a composite of everything you've ever been saying. We talk about that all the time. Change your words and you have the ability to start changing your life. Hebrews 13.15 says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And we talk about all the time about thanking in advance because then you plant very powerful seeds. If we are repeatedly living in gratitude, saying words that affirm God's goodness, strength, resilience, and courage in us, we will change. The fruit of my lips is the praise and the joy that I speak to God, praise for what he is doing. Whatever you continually pray for and give thanks in advance, you are planting powerful seeds. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will see its fruit. Mark 11.23 says, For verily I say unto you that whatsoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So the mountain is our anxiety, our fear, the negative self-talk, the words that are causing us to feel badly about ourselves. I say all the time when I get a negative, harmful message in my head, that's crap. I'm not listening to that. You're not real. That is not the truth. It's about talking back all the time, having the power to move the mountains by changing our words. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say I am strong and reminds us that we can say we are strong even when we are feeling weak. I say every week, no matter how much other work I have had or how many other responsibilities or things that have taken up my time, I say always, God, I know you will give me the words. Find me the research. Give me the songs. I know you will write this talk for me so I can say words that will change the way someone feels today and give hope and inspiration. I say all the time, I am strong, I am resilient, I have energy, I am smart. It's constant talking back to whatever messages your mind is telling you that are not true. So remember the story of the bleeding woman? I think she was bleeding for 12 years and nothing could make that stop. Nothing could change that. In Mark 5, 28, it says, For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be well. Once she said it, the miracle started. She put the words out there and she created the, the action to happen. So David and Goliath, we all know the story of David and Goliath, but I found a new understanding about it. So for 40 days and 40 nights before David came up on the scene, Goliath had been putting on his armor and going out onto the field first thing in the morning, very first thing in the morning when everybody was waking up and last thing at night when everybody was going to sleep, Goliath put on his armor and went out into the fields and started talking trash. He started saying all of these horrible negative words, these curses, this defilement of God. And David, when he heard about this, when, and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Now, the reason why he talked about him being uncircumcised is because circumcision means that you have a covenant with God. So he's saying, when I was eight days old, I was circumcised, 
circumcised and I had this covenant with God and he said I was stronger when I was eight days old than Goliath ever could be because I received the covenant I had more power than Goliath all of heaven's angels stand behind me David said the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you and take your head from you that's first Samuel seventeen forty six. so what I've come to understand is that there are three voices that talk to us the first is from the pit. That's the disease, you're dying, give up, you're not good enough, all that negative self-talk that we've been doing for years and years and years. The second is God. That's the scripture, that's his word, that's the healing, health, peace, joy, forgiveness, and acceptance. And the third is you, your voice. You need to be saying it is well. So there's a story about a woman whose son died in the Bible and her servant came to her and said, how are you? And she said, I am well. And he said, how is your husband? And she said, I am well. And the servant said, how is your child? And she said, it is well. And what she was doing was she was affirming that she could get through whatever it was because she had faith and she knew that she was going to be all right. So we need to understand that the most important person you listen to every single day is yourself. It, you can say words that edify and lift up or words that destroy. Philippians 4, 8 says, reminds us that when we think about, meditate upon, and what is in our heart is going to come out of our minds. So it starts with being aware, trying to change your words, but only after you've changed your heart. So if you don't believe it, it's not going to work. You have to go first to God and you have to believe and you have to ask for help and you have to know that it's going to come true. We learn how to say what God says. God says we have wisdom and we have inside us the mind of Christ. God created the world by speaking it into existence. As God said in Genesis 1-3, let there be light and there was light. Let there be firmament in the midst of the waters. So every single thing that came, he spoke into creation. We are constantly tearing down what God wants to build up. We do that with our negative words. Even, and especially when things are going badly, we need to change your words when it does not make sense. Even what you are seeing is negative, you need to change your words. In the beginning, the change is not gonna be natural, but there is more power in saying it out loud and it becomes a habit. Change is awkward and uncomfortable and it takes a commitment. And that's when it's good to ask for someone else to stand in the truth with you. You know, we say where two or more are gathered, there's God. Someone who is like-minded, who knows the truth, who can remind you that that negative voice is not real. You can change. You can do it differently. You can get past your obstacles. You can talk back to that voice. So the word is listed in scripture 959 times. That's an awful lot. That's more than any other one that I've done research on. So John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So word comes with the Greek word logos. It means spoken and the unspoken word. When it is applied to the universe, it means the rational principle that governs all things, that which comes from God to fulfill his purpose. So words are powerful. In Exodus 34, 27, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down the words, for in accordance with these words I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. Numbers 3.16 says, So Moses counted them as he was commanded by the word of the Lord. Deuteronomy 8.3 says to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Another Deuteronomy 32.47, these are not just idle words for you, these are your life. 
Deuteronomy 11:18. Fix these words of mine in your heart and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Matthew 12:37. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. So a little bit, I just wanted to put in some new thought from Florence Scovel Shin. You know, I've talked about her quite a bit. So The Game of Life was written in 1925, almost a hundred years ago. The Power of the Word, Your Word is Your One, 1928. The Power of the Spoken Word, 1945. She says, God's gift to man is power, power and dominion over all created things, his mind, his body, and affairs. Through a knowledge of metaphysics, we are discovering how this power works by you word by your word you contact this power. Your only enemies are within yourself. The Bible speaks about enemy thoughts, your doubts, fears, hates, resentments, and forebodings. Jesus gave us rules for controlling conditions through our thoughts and words. In Psalm 119, he says, your word is a lamp to my feet. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. First of all, you need to be wiser than your enemy thoughts. The army of aliens that's spoken about in Hebrews 11.34. You must answer every negative thought with a word of authority. Starve out the fear thoughts by not giving them your attention and acting in faith. Man's fear is his biggest enemy. Fear of lack, fear of failure, fear of sickness, fear of loss, fear of insecurity on some plane. You must talk back, speak words of faith and power on a daily basis. Every thought and word impressed on us is like a record. Now here's a quote I absolutely love. She says, I now smash and demolish by my spoken word every untrue record in my subconscious mind. They shall return to the dust heap of their native nothingness, for they come from my own vain imaginings. I now make my perfect words through the Christ within. Isaiah says, my word shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that whereunto it is sent. So she also reminds us that no man can fail if one person sees him as successful. And she reminds us again, what I was saying before about reaching out and asking for help to stand with you in the truth. So often we speak harshly to ourselves. We have bit built patterns over many years. It's okay to reach out and ask someone to stay with you in the truth. It takes courage to talk back to the voices, to make a commitment to change and grow into our best and highest selves. There are true manifestations of God's love. It takes a daily commitment. So I did a talk a couple of months ago about morning meds. So those morning meds are the affirmations that we use. It's just like medicine. It's just like taking vitamins. The words that we put into our mind are just as important as the food that we put into our mouth. We need to be saying affirmations. We need to be repeating to ourselves words that counteract all the negative energy from those voices that we've had from all those years before. We need to be able to be telling ourselves all the time we are strong, we are resistant, resilient. We have courage. We are smarter than we think we are. We are stronger than we think we are. If you repeat that, just make a habit of it. If you take just five minutes a day to do those affirmations, right after you brush your teeth, just put your toothbrush down and spend five minutes telling yourself that you're stronger than you think you are and that God lives inside you every single moment of every single day. And there's nothing you can't accomplish with God's help. There is nothing we cannot change about ourselves that comes from our belief systems. God is in us. Let our words be a constant reflection of his love. Let us constantly speak words of love to each other, but always, first and foremost, 
Let us speak words of love to ourselves. So the power is in you. It always has been and it always will be. Thank you so much. If you'd like to know more about my ministry, please visit lostinsideministry.com. I send you on your way with many blessings.